Hello and welcome to the Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions and robust strategies to help their companies thrive in these challenging times. We will be interviewing business leaders, owners and experts in the field of business resilience. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of uh, Madeline Evans. Uh, welcome, Madeline. Hi, Joe. Uh, good to see you. And um, I'm just going to tell the audience a little bit about you. Uh, so you're an investor, you're an entrepreneur, and you've got a lot of experience in driving transformation and growth across corporates and sort of startup companies. Uh, you're also the founder and CEO of Level a productivity and well-being app uniquely designed for the modern-day workforce, which I'm sure we will come to later on because we're going to be talking about how uh, we eliminate uh, burnout. But before we get into that, I want to ask, um, what do you love about what you do, Madeline? <laughs> Such a good question. And I think we'll probably come on to this, but certainly um, having had my own experience with everything related to burnout and the, the consequences, um, one of the key insights for me off the back of that was I, I want to be in control of my day-to-day and I want to be able to do what's called craft my job, right? And wow. Craft my job. That's a, I've never heard that term before. That's an, a new term. Okay, we'll get into it. Job crafting. Yeah, one of the burnout engagement literature, uh, key solution also to burnout uh, and prevention and be able to choose exactly how I spend my time every day. Um, and it's that actually that freedom, uh, aligning my day, my tasks to the things that really motivate me, the things that I value, the people that I want to work with, um, the missions that matter, uh, which gets me so excited. Um, and of course there are lots of other things which, which we can get into, but I would say, yeah, the, the freedom of building a mission-driven business that's super aligned to your values with people that you love is what I love about what I do. <laughs> Perfect. That's brilliant. And it's interesting because we, we all strive to have that gain that alignment when we work for organizations. And, and like yourself, I've created my own organization and aligned to my own values, beliefs, and mission as well. So mm. it's exciting and fulfilling, rewarding, hard work at times, and um, uh, but it's great. Um, we are going to be talking burnout, uh, and I've, I've had other people on here talk about burnout, and I think it's a real important topic um, right now. I'd be just curious to understand from your perspective, um, do you think the pandemic, it sounds a really obvious question, do you think the pandemic has made burnout worse or not? It's, it's, not, an, it's not a really obvious question, actually. Um, statistics say yes. <laughs> uh, statistics, right. say, statistics say that the pandemic has made burnout worse um, for a couple different reasons. So there was a great uh, microsite uh, series of studies published actually recently in HBR that noted that 89% of people felt that their work-related well-being, so how I feel about work, which burnout is one of those things, um, <clears throat> has deteriorated during COVID-19. We can kind of get into the details of that, but what are, and the psychology around why, key reasons that are being cited by, by individuals that I would cite is um, lack of boundaries or lack of perceived boundaries, not understanding when okay. I should stop work <laughs> and when I can take time for myself. 
<clears throat> and um, also being feeling potentially a lack of support or a little bit of lack of community since you are also not in the same place as your colleagues yeah. um, are two factors that contribute to effectively what is increased demands, fewer resources, which is what drives strain, which ultimately accumulates into burnout over time. So the whole remote working as all as deemed as a real positive things, you know, people wanting flexible working, working on their own time, um, no commute, potentially, if not handled well, is creating more opportunities or more unfortunate burnouts place uh, time, I guess, with people. It's a really interesting point, actually. So um, what, what remote working does is it takes you, gives you a lot more control. So the shift in locus control from the company to the individual. All of a sudden, mm. I decide when I start work, when I end work, I create my environment. Do I have interruptions, distractions or not? Mm. And but also it takes me away from my workplace community, at least physically, right? So yeah. these two things change. How you respond to that then determines whether that increases your risk of burnout or decreases it, <clears throat> which has to do with things like self-awareness, self-management skills, and also the culture and practices of the team and the wider organization with which you work. Okay. And so in terms of be good for, for, for the audience to understand, how, how do you define burnouts? Because uh, we have stress and we have stress in life and we have burnout and they're, and they're different, aren't they? Or are they different? Or is there a continuum going along here? It's interesting. It is a bit of a continuum. So, I mean, gosh, burnout has actually been, this is first time identified around the 60s, 70s in the healthcare industry. There's been decades of research on burnout. Really? Because yeah. to, me, to me, it feels... And I might just because I'm a bit more aware of it now, it feels like a, a new thing in the last, I don't know, 10 years, perhaps. Or is that just, it's just become more media new, or is that what it is rather than it has been around for a while? Clearly, I've been around for a things, long time. <laughs> yeah. As in, is that obviously in terms of jobs, I appreciate that, but in terms of people's understanding of burnout, has it been around for that long, do you think? As, as you, 40 years? Um. <laughs> Ask Christina Maslach. Um, so one of the foremost academic uh, researchers, authors is burnout kind of pioneer of the Maslach burnout inventory, which is how one can also measure um, using a validated scale burnout in the workplace, uh, has been publishing on this topic for absolute decades. But there wow. hasn't really been the, the media tension has spiked during COVID. I think that the work that's been done to lay the groundwork around um, awareness of mental health Although burnout is not actually anything particularly to do with mental health. So it's the WHO classifies burnout as rather than a medical condition and occupational related syndrome effectively. Um, <clears throat> but I think media attention has increased. I mean, even in the first quarter of 2021 this year, you had the Atlantic, you had the FT, you had HBR all publishing pretty big pieces on the burnout crisis just starting to bring to the level of public awareness things that academics have known for decades about what characterizes burnout or what drives it and then what you can kind of start to do if you want to make change. Okay. Um, so just going going back to your point, um, so burnout is a psychological syndrome. <laughs> um, 
as a result of prolonged exposure to chronic stressors and interpersonal right. stressors or emotional stressors in the workplace. Right. And the so the root is effectively this process of prolonged both like stress in terms of feelings of lack of control, but then also just strain. Um, it's diagnosed in terms of the symptoms uh, with three dimensions. So it's a multidimensional. It's also a spectrum condition, which means you can be like more or less burnt out <laughs> depending on how frequently you feel certain things. And we look at exhaustion. <clears throat> so emotional, but also physical. Um, deep uh, cynicism. So frustration or an anger or leading to a detachment of jadedness. And then ultimately um, what's called kind of inefficacy, which is uh, both a de deterioration in objective performance potentially, but also in feelings like you are not worthy or you can't do it and kind of a, a degradation of one's own self-worth. Um, and yeah. And would you, I, know, I know those measures, do you tend to, it's important to spot all of those aspects because obviously you mentioned something about getting frustrated, angry, because that can come out in the response to change. And you get the change curve mm -hmm. and you get that point where people get angry, cross, and, and that, that, that's a healthy thing in terms of managing change and being aware of it. So it's important to spot all those other factors to, in people to ensure that you're spotting burnout rather than just a response to perhaps change, I guess. Yeah, look, I mean, this is a temporary thing, right? There's change resistance, so pushing back on something. That's like a natural part of the process. Um, burnout is really a result of uh, this kind of prolonged process, the chronic mm. kind of chronic stressors and chronic strain. And what the way I kind of like to talk about it or like an, an, a natural process that you might see or feel, right, is it's usually, usually with motivated people. So you're putting a lot of effort into your job. You yeah. can also be highly engaged and highly exhausted so you can basically be engaged okay. and either burnt out or on your way to to burning out um they're completely different different processes so Interesting. motivated i'm engaged in my work i'm working really hard right um <clears throat> putting a lot of effort into my job and um it, it's, it's it's stressful you know i'm I'm working hard. So, so how do, so how do you spot that? If you see somebody who's performing really well, putting a lot of work in, how do you spot the, the a point of potential burnout? What what are you sort of what telltale signs that make it really clearly that they are into burnout? Yeah, so this is a super interesting point, which is that where a lot of companies are focused on engagement and engagement surveys, completely missing the early signs of burnout mm. because you don't have the second lens which looks at the individual's emotional profile, emotional well-being. Um, <clears throat> things that people might say are, you know, okay, I'm working quite a lot, I'm quite busy. I might start to feel, feel a bit more fatigued and tired. I might not get enough recovery that I need, so I might actually be showing up to work tired. Right. <clears throat> okay. And also say things, okay, I'm feeling a bit stressed. So fatigue stress or early signs mm. that can start to shift and it's a really interesting piece whereby if you're not getting enough recovery and you feel like your organization is not listening you're starting to get a bit frustrated okay and you can see that then in 
individuals' emotions, right? Um, you can also see them how they're acting to things. And then that can turn into kind of anger and lashing out, or it can turn into unhappiness <clears throat> and low mood. And then ultimately you'll either see, I mean, you won't kind of know that unless you're having that conversation, that engagement around the individual emotions and how they're feeling. Um, you'll see someone either detach. So just decide, forget it. I'm actually, I'm done with this. Motivation drops, engagement drops. Uh, you'll see a breakdown. Someone will ask for a stress leave <clears throat> or someone will just leave the company. Uh, so it's super, super important to actually be looking yeah. at both not only trying to spot the emotional signs and feelings of people, but also empowering mm. people to understand themselves so that they can themselves become aware of where they are in that process early days. Yeah, it's important to create that sort of self-regulation, isn't it? That self-awareness uh, so people can yeah, spot it. But I think it, it goes back to leaders being really having conversations, really engaged with their teams and building those relationships that they can, you know, monitor the sort of emotional states uh, the language they're saying, their, mo- their motivation, their, and all that sort of stuff. Because, and then that's more difficult in a remote sense. And I guess that's perhaps why it's been exacerbated because it's harder to spot sometimes. Um, and I know I've had people on this show who've talked about how to really create that more engagement in the context of remote. And it is more challenging, but it still can be done. Um, I'm curious, and this feels like a going back to the beginning here, but you're very passionate about burnouts and you've obviously done a lot of um, uh, research into it uh, in terms of what you've just been sharing. I'm just curious, how did you get into burnouts? What was the the attraction, if there was an attraction to it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, it'd, be, it'd be curious to understand of, of, of the reasons why, really, why you focused on on burnout and sort of well-being. Yes, I'll get into that. I also wanted to just pick up on something that you said, which was interesting about <clears throat> leaders and managers having conversations. I think one of the things that um, to be mindful of is that managers and leaders are themselves not necessarily emotionally aware or able to labor or recognize um, <laughs> or have that level yes. of emotional intelligence. The conversations can very be very difficult. Do I actually want to tell you that I'm tired? Because does that mean that you'll mm. think less of me? Does that mean that yeah. I might be at risk of not getting that project, that I might then potentially lose my job and the remoteness? So there are a lot of reasons why actually mm. the face-to-face dialogue is something that is actually not what companies should be relying on. It's important. It's great if you mm. have those skills and you have the time, but it's um, unlikely to actually give you kind of the information that you need. Um so yeah, let's talk about my own. So I have definitely had my own experience. <laughs> um, I was experienced the whole spectrum, very stressed, very exhausted, then very frustrated, and then ultimately deciding that I've had enough and I'm going to leave my job. Um, I would not recommend it for, for anyone. <laughs> it's very stressful, not the least stressful, but you don't necessarily, I and mean, this is sort of part of what ultimately I'm championing is like, and this is kind of three, three, four years ago for me, um, just zero public understanding about what this means and what the size might be and total taboo against talking about that. And so I was kind of, you know, left a little bit of my own devices with that. Um, and I didn't even recognize it. I mean, didn't, wouldn't even know what to call it in my of itself. Um, but what happened is I. So, so what, was I, it more of a was it more of a re- retrospective 
of realizing retrospective diagnostic <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i've been through yes, all i've done that yes, oh that's what yes, it was it was burnout yes but it's actually it's a joke really because um there are this is something called mismatch theory which looks at kind of key contributing factors uh to burnout at a kind of structural or state level just you know, and one of the things is job control high demands there's lack of community uh fairness values alignment and <laughs> effort reward and if i kind of go through all of that and i would look back at my old jobs on the face of it excellent delivering delivering on projects like you know success a lot of job characteristics the way that job was designed talking about job crafting that actually would reflect really high risk factors for burnout and then mm -hmm. of course in retrospective also you know I, I can diagnose my own experience a little bit here and i've seen that pattern happen time and time again it's pretty funny i mean the number of people i've been chatting to just a friend of mine just for example is over, over uh we we met um kind of for a walk and i was explaining this and he was me what is actually burnout anyway and i was saying this exhaustion and then you get this kind of cynicism this jadedness and then ultimately you start to feel this lack of um efficacy and he's just like interesting okay tell me more about that and he's like hmm. <laughs> i think i might be burnout <laughs> And I said, well, let's go through this, right? Interesting. This has happened to me time and time again. We're just hearing someone talk about their experience. Triggers an understanding on the part of the person mm. listening. It's like, oh, yeah. It, oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, okay. That describes why I left my past job. <laughs> and you're like, right. Okay. <laughs> this needs to, we need to be much more aware of this. And then we need to be able to take a reaction so that it's better for the person, for the company, for that divorce not to happen, for that yeah. person to continue to be performing or even level up their performance through greater self-awareness. Um, it's beneficial for them in their career as well. So. <laughs> so what was having gone through burnout and then realized you had it afterwards and what was the the passion? What, what created the passion to sort of pursue it and understand it more and then obviously to help other people? Where did that come I mean, from? I, yeah, I mean, I think I'm a problem solver by nature and I think I'm a investigator and a researcher by nature as well. Um, so one of the things that I love most is understanding the details of something and distilling it into something that makes it a lot more simple mm. um, and starting to communicate that. Um, of course, also I thought, just looking at the facts um, of number of people that experience these types of early symptoms. So we did a, a, a survey actually with Level back in 2018, a workforce survey of US and UK workers found that 70% of people felt at least sometimes stressed, exhausted by their work, around 30, 40% feeling that more frequently. And then you get kind of 10 to 15% of people who are feeling severe symptoms um, relatively consistently and the same thing goes for for lack of motivation and, and, and frustration as well um, and so it's clearly a big problem <laughs> so that's the first one okay, it's a big problem this is like not just me it's a lot of people that are feeling this the second mm. is what are the impacts I knew from my own personal experience extremely costly chronic stress in the workplace impacts your health can your career performance impacts things like creativity right and so there are obviously costs to this, and that's creating an ongoing tax, effectively, right, mm. on individual performance and on company performance <clears throat> that we're not identifying where we're having these early signs and fixing them. Mm. And um, 
I want to see people achieve their full potential. I want to see companies achieve their full potential. So it seemed like an obvious thing to target. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> place to spend my time, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. And, that's, and it's great that you've come from that experience of, which I think really gives you a lot more credibility. And I, not that you have to have experienced it to solve the problem, but I think it really helps uh, when you talk about the stories. And you made an interesting point there about, when you start to share your stories or other people share their stories and people start to recognize and feel and can identify it as mm. opposed to just putting a definition of what burnout is as you start to explain it. And that person said, well, actually I'm feeling like that. Am I in burnout? And then, and that creates that opportunity to have a conversation, which brings me back to you mentioned before when we talked about how we try and check in on our, our teams and you think that's, probably not always the best place or the most effective way because of people not always honest or happy to share if they're feeling stressed or overwhelmed. So what would be the best way of understanding from your team uh, whether they're in a burnout situation or potential burnout before they get to it? So it's an interesting point, actually. Um, and I wanted to I wanted to pick up on one particular point, which is that um, – <clears throat> Burnout or the potential for burnout, the risk, risk of burnout, is sort of a side effect of high performance <laughs> and stressful environments. And so this is something that we're sort of, if you are living in a world where you are, you're, you're pushing, you're motivated, it's competitive, there is there's just always something you have to watch, right? This dynamic balance between demands and work, the effort I'm putting in work, my personal resources, the culture and support around me. So it's a consistent process. So I think the the frequency with which we can stay aware of how we're feeling has a direct line to how likely it is we are going to be able to prevent um, degradation, right, symptoms, uh, and the impact of performance as well. I, I, look, having one-to-one and speaking directly to people and making them feel emotionally valued whether that's in a social context or in a direct workplace is, is great. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's fantastic. And I think yeah. everyone would say that's the core. No, I, no, no. I, I agree. That, yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think it's, if unless you've got an incredibly psychological safe environment, people sharing that sense of potential failure or not quite hitting the mark is particularly if they've been successful. It's quite a, it's quite a thing, isn't it? And I think, but it's important to get that, but I guess what are other ways to ensure that you're, your teams don't go into burnout I mean, in terms of educational ways or as a, I don't know, I know you've got an app within your business as well, which may There's help. There's an app for that. <laughs> well, and then it's fun, no. but you know what, apps are really useful. And but I'm just thinking, it, what are the ways, I think as much as you can prevent it, but it's it's spotting it as well, isn't it? And it's, it's recognizing it and, and educating people, I guess. So they then, A, can self-regulate, but at least, managers can then go actually i think this person's in a bit of a situation here we need to do something here three-pronged approach <laughs> the individual <laughs> the individual the manager or the local individual the individual that that person's local environment and then the the company and the culture and the working practices and expectations that are set at the level of the leadership <clears throat> and that's something that we kind of can comprehensively help companies address um education is great to start um for example we do certain workshops just that type of thing yeah. right? explaining experiences talking about the drivers etc if you've got the time available for that um 
is important because there's, again, just like with any type of condition, we saw this with mental health campaigns, just getting awareness of the concept is really important. So that's kind of number one. Um, people forget a lot of things <laughs> after they've learned them. Um, and so at the individual level, the task is building up a practice or a habit of self-awareness around specific signals which have to do with how you, your body and your mind obviously are responding to these feeling and then responding to signs of, of, of stress. Um, and then you have that kind of um, value for mind and an emotional component as well. And so at level, we talk about uh, like mood, um, are you frustrated, right, or not, uh, energy levels, fatigue, uh, calm versus being stressed, and motivation where do you sit on all those things okay. and you can start to become sensitive to changes if you think highly motivated feeling lots of energy feeling high mood and totally calm great right um you start to feel a buildup of stress it's an interesting question let's look at this right do i need to just take a time step back do i need to minimize my workload do i need to reprioritize right yeah. And and then you can kind of take down things. So that's one. And then I think from the the team and manager perspective is um, again just around the awareness piece. Uh, again, that's a that's also a training to be able to spot people right when you can. However, in terms of mechanisms to allow people to, especially in a centralized environment, both reflect, <laughs> share that information, and then perhaps also share what what are the drivers of that. Or mm -hmm. what, are the, what is the support that I need or the thing that is causing me to feel stressed, the thing that's causing me to feel tired, the thing we call them at level blockers. That's an important component as well. So just to specifically talk about what we're doing with level is actually building a platform that helps you scale emotional awareness, not only how you're feeling, but also what is potentially stopping you from thriving anonymously, easily okay. across okay. companies. So that then as a manager, as a team, a team together, or as a company leader, you can actually start to spot patterns as to what the underlying root causes are that if you address are alleviating the binding constraint to someone actually being able to have that level of balance and work that, that they need. <clears throat> Brilliant. So this, so this app then from an individual perspective gives them a bit of a, a prompt, I guess, from them, stuff they key in tells them where they're at and then i guess there's a the historical view of that i guess would there would be a, is, that, is that how it would work so we talked about the individual level so we talked about three prongs so individual building that habit of self-awareness <clears throat> on specific dimensions which really matter um the opportunity to share so we talked about the team level the fact that actually you're not necessarily going to get the accurate information <laughs> in a one-to-one -one, uh, as you would if you gave people the opportunity to share anonymously and then aggregate that information up together. Um, and then the company level. And again, company level, similar similar issue, right? Um, you can do uh, you can do kind of a general review to think about there are key risk factors. We've talked about job control, lack of community, effort reward, which are something that you can do in tandem to, you can look for that across the population in tandem to say your engagement survey. But what's interesting about those is that it's not real time. And also it's a, it's gonna be on average, right? So it can help you to make some structural changes and think about that, but it's not dynamic. And so then the third piece of that for us is actually being able to 
understand those blockers to thriving at the individual level, but aggregate those up for the company Mm -hmm. across key themes, align those with people of responsibility, whether that's your IT, your facilities, now we're getting heads of remote work, (laughs) operations with the process issue, transformation and change, Mm -hmm. or um, something around HR policies, procedures, et cetera. Um, And enable company leaders to just integrate that information into whatever program of change they're already running Mm -hmm. because most companies probably already are to ensure that it's responsive not just to the needs of the company Mm -hmm. and thinking about these performance objectives but also the needs of of humans (laughs) emotionally right uh in the day-to-day at work and that's a much more robust, resilient, and sustainable approach mm. to only focusing on those performance measures. Um, <clears throat> look, in in my in my my mind, my my world, I think our vision for the future is that every organization thinks about individuals' emotions as a key part of the lifeblood of kind of managing managing the company. And that looking at long-term sustainability of our own work and working practices is as integral as looking at how we can be more productive in work in the day-to-day. Brilliant. And and it's almost um, creating like a a dashboard of measuring where people are at from, I guess, by team or by company-wise and seeing that shift or change over time, I guess, as well, to sort of spot anything you need to bring some intervention or some help or support in various teams absolutely because if you you can look at company overall score you can look at differences across teams and the use of patterns of anonymized of course mm. individuals whereby do you have what percentage of your organization do you have these low spots for example how much of a risk is that to you or how much of an opportunity um, and then again, using the other mechanisms of levels app and platform to ensure that people are getting what they need. That sounds a great, a great platform and a great, a great tool for people to use and to get a bit more, as you say, robust data uh, and insight as opposed to just having a feeling of what's going on. It's and it's driven by the the, the, the employees as well, which in some ways creates hopefully a, a positive engagement perspective as well. My needs have been heard as well and i'm sharing things and, and some actions that come out of that as well which obviously helps engagement and, and support as well perhaps they wouldn't be able to sort of do that previously in a, in a conversation absolutely it's it's so true actually there is um there's a real overarching benefit to what's called so you have task level engagement and you've organizational engagement mm. do which participation and voice <clears throat> is a key element of building that uh, as as is trust um of course and then align with mission and engaging with someone like level to make a very clear statement about the organization's commitment mm. to individual well-being not not just oh we're going to give you this benefit right because that that kind of says hey it's your problem yeah no i agree yeah it's it's <laughs> it's saying this is our problem this is a shared problem because we care about you and we know mm. that your own health and well-being in work in a day-to-day, which contributes also directly to your performance and also how that's impacted by work, right? And by your engagement in work and the type of work that you do mm. and the environment in which we all operate. Right? 
is this shared responsibility? And so we have to have a way of starting to quantify that and starting to share that information. Um, it's a very complex as a systems problem and level is, is really just the, the first step of creating an architecture around this and an opportunity for us to start to more meaningfully and methodotic, methodologically and therefore hopefully more, more rapidly um, <clears throat> improve. Excellent. And just, just before we finish, what would be your, I guess, whether it's called a watch out or a thought for the future as organizations across the world start to go back to well, some form of normality, um, sometimes going to the office or a bit of hybrid, um, what would be your, your thoughts to help organizations as they go forward to manage uh, burnout? Look, it's the same thing, really, because just in the sense we've now been <coughs> in this environment of uncertainty and changes, we're now going even to another phase of uncertainty and changes <laughs> as we're moving places. So keeping the pulse on how individuals are feeling and I'll keep us ourselves keeping the pulse on how we're feeling, right? So that we can actually take the right decisions about, do I want to go back to the workplace? Do I want mm. to spend more of my time at home? How should I set up my homework environment? Is it that actually I need to structure my day this way or that way so that I'm optimally approaching my work with the right level of energy, mm. with that right level of calm, right? Are there things that also are, as I move back to the workplace, surprisingly frustrating that now I need to actually raise and share because we're in this new environment and we mm. want to make sure that that's sustainable for people. So the same practices will absolutely apply, <laughs> which is that awareness. And then that dialogue and engagement between uh, individuals in the organization and individuals themselves. Thank you for that. And thank you for coming on, Marin. And I, I really love your, your passion and your energy around this. And it is really an important thing to tackle and deal with. And um, obviously your experience, but also your insight, your research. And uh, it's, it's very data-driven. It's not, it's not waffly. It's not all vague. Very data-driven, very factual. And you've got a, a platform that, I think could really help organizations uh, right now uh, to get, uh, as you say, almost like a finger on the pulse, which I think that's a word of pulse and knowing what's going on uh, within the organization. Um, so just before we finish, how can people sort of connect with you and get in touch with you? Um, you can very easily email me directly. I'm very happy to hear from anyone. <laughs> so that's Madeline um, at level, L-E-V-E-L-L -L dot I-O. You can find us on LinkedIn and also find us on our website. Again, that's L-E-V-E-L-L dot I-O. Um, and I, you know, I can't say enough. Thank you so much for this opportunity and for picking up on the, the energy piece. So <laughs> we, we, we talk a little bit about you know, doing your levels, right? Have you done your levels today? How are your levels? It's a nice way of bringing a vocabulary around feelings into workplace in a way which is accessible and uh we you know i myself as an individual and everyone in the company also tries to bring our best <laughs> levels so we want to bring joy bring that calm bring that motivation and bring that energy to any engagement and of course any company that we're partnering with as well brilliant well thank you very much for your time today thank you if you like this episode then please do subscribe do share with your friends and do check out other episodes in the series. If you're looking for support and help in your organization to create a resilient culture, then please do get in contact with me on julianrobertsconsulting.com. Thank you.